absolutely unbelievable. 350 fans for Johnny Manziel paying $125 a piece just to get his autograph. 350 Browns fans? No, no, no. Uh, 350 Texas A&M fans. Okay, I was going to call BS because I don't think there are 350 Browns fans. Yikes! <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> or pe- 350 people that would claim to be Cleveland Browns fans. Yeah, right maybe now. maybe in their closet they have like a hidden like a Bernie Kosar jersey or yeah. something, but like not nobody that would actually wear that in public, well, I right? Have, I have one of those. Do you? No. I would. Here's the deal. If you had a Bernie Kosar jersey, I would end the show right here. Really? That would be it. Good night, everybody. I like Bernie Kosar. I liked that team back then. You know, my favorite is the Drew Carey joke. Uh, I like to do a quick impression, and he has the mic stand. He goes, this is Bernie Kosar scrambling, and he just bumps the mic stand. <laughs> Let's yeah. it wobble back and forth. He was a forth. slow guy, but, you know. But, but, you know, when he won that Super Bowl, f- oh. Hey, man, they had a freak fumble from Ernest Biner going into the end zone. Lucky John Elway once again. Lucky John. Get out with your lucky John Elway. Yeah, lucky to get into Stanford. Lucky to get drafted. Lucky to hold the Yankees hostage and then go to football instead. Does John Elway look like a horse to you? Yes. Like he was a perfect Bronco because he had the giant horse teeth. He looks like the dad of Rebecca Lobo. (laughs) Rebecca Lobo is a beautiful woman. How dare you? Well, some people say John Elway is a beautiful man. but Nobody ever said John Elway is a beautiful man. They have horse teeth. So what? (laughs) So did Milton Berle. Love him. Love Uncle Milt. Uncle Milty? Yeah. Milton Berle was a classic talent, sir. He was. How dare you? But he had horse teeth. He did not have horse teeth. <laughs> not the way John Elway has horse teeth. Well, no. But he's, you know, full, he's running full Lobo. I got four words for you, though. Mm. This one's for John. Ugh. This one's for John. This one's for me. Making me puke in my mouth. Remember when the Broncos won those Super Bowls yeah. in the 90s? That's pretty great, huh? Glad we didn't eat lunch or anything just before this. Oh, wait. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Welcome back. You know, I don't know how we're going to top episode 100. I don't, we can't possibly. So let's just Except do we will right now. <laughs> I don't think we will. Brent. We will. Go ahead and put it out and there. We are topping it. I'm putting sprinkles, nuts. It's awful. Colin Farrell will be on the show today. <laughs> That's right. No, he will not. No, John Farrell, the uh, manager, MLB manager. No, um, Pharrell Williams will be on the show later, you guys. The Pharaoh of Egypt. Will Farrell. Will Farrell will be on the show doing an impression of Colin Farrell from True Detective. Colin Firth will be on the show <laughs> doing his comedy, uh, classic comedy routine, Who's on Firth? Who's, whose line is it, anyways? Colin Mockery will be on the show a little bit later on. We have that to look forward to. Anyway. Or maybe none of those people will actually be on the show. Big news this week, Ray. We got the All Star game. We're at the All Star break. What's the name of the show? Raisin Brent. And I'm Ray. Really? Right, why are you doing that? Because we forgot to say the name of the show. Yeah, but we were just still introing the show. Oh. Well. So what's next week? What's next week? <laughs> I don't know. I All right, let's up. intro the show now. It's fine. <laughs> well, you give me that look Draw like you the know. You have made it to episode 101 of Raisin Brent. Brent. And I'm Ray. And I'm Brent. What's <laughs> that? <laughs> that was the worst impression of me I've ever That was heard. the most accurate impression of you I've ever I just sounded like a jerk. Guys, write the show. Was that the worst or best? Impo- How close did he come to my melodic tones? The answer is not at all. His, I sounded exactly like the septic tones of Mr. Ray. It's like a Decepticon. Mm-hmm. Like a Madeline Con. <laughs> we doing this again? Yeah. <laughs> Get Madeline Stowe on the show. She's playing some Convoy. <laughs> She's so peace. And the cast of Con Air will be joining us. Happening in any case, we got a lot of stuff. To talk about. We're not, I don't know, how can we beat the Riley Smith milestone yes, episode? We will 100? right now. 
I don't feel confident in that. You're going down, Riley Smith. It's the all-star break where literally nothing is happening except something bad, which is actually a good time for our show. We get to watch the Royals versus the National League Tuesday night. <laughs> At least it's not eight starting Royals. That's well, yeah. all I can hope for. That's true. Yeah. Uh, as we record this, we're recording this before the all-star uh, game. But Who knows? Is- it might get rained out. Could be. We're recording this before the Home Run Derby on Hopefully Monday night. that doesn't get rained out. It's been raining all day. Well, it's Ohio. When you put your stuff in Ohio, you got to understand poop's going to happen. You might catch a river on fire. So, Ray, I, I understood that you went to Ohio last weekend and you spent uh, $120 to get a, an autograph. That was somewhere. in Texas, sir. Oh, you went to Texas? To get a Johnny Manziel autograph? But then you flew to Ohio to get no, I did the, the, thing, uh, the jersey of Ver. Oh, you went to... Cleveland to get an official Cleveland Browns jersey. I did not. And then flew to Texas. No, I flew to Johnny Manziel to get his autograph, and I bothered him for like six hours, and then he finally signed it, and I ripped it in front of him and laughed at him, and he threw a water bottle at me. Oh, wait, that was that other kid. Heyday! <laughs> yeah. Johnny Manziel, ladies and gentlemen. So, uh, yeah, we got a lot of stuff. We're going to talk about the Home Run Derby. we got predictions to make for that. We're going to talk, of course, True Detective. we got two episodes to talk about, episode yeah. three and episode four that just aired last night as we record this. To all the people out there say it's been kind of boring... Shut up! It's not been boring. I no. just I'm having trouble following it because there's so much going on. It is on. pretty uh, for people of lesser intelligence. It is confusing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't understand most of it. That's right. wait. What are you saying? <laughs> oh, you wouldn't understand even if I told you what I was saying. Oh, that might be true. Yeah. <laughs> In any case, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about colossally devastating injuries. Yeah. That could have been completely preventable. After three seconds of Katy Perry. Bum, 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 My hand. That was my impression of Jason Pierre-Paul. Is it a good one? Here's my impression, probably. Okay. <clears throat> hey, you guys, watch this. <laughs> wow, that was loud. Yeah. I think, um, I I was think mine was more realistic and yours was more like... It was Play, thematic. Played. Yours was thematic. Mine was thematic. <laughs> Mine was ultra realistic. <laughs> Mine was the David Lynch version. <laughs> Yours was the Quentin Tarantino version. Yes. <laughs> Go with that. So Jason Pierre-Paul was not the only NFL star. Okay, July 4th. This happened outside of our jurisdiction. We had not like recorded yet. Um, we went to the, I went to the Dodger game on July 4th with my, uh, my wife and a couple friends. We watched the fireworks. Oh, how many fingers did you blow off your hand? Uh, actually, none. Huh. Do you know how that happened? Because I'm not the one who set them off. Hmm. Okay. I can't speak to the guy who did set them off. I'm just saying, real men blow their fingers off on the 4th of July. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. So she'll be playing the NFL. Oh, jeez. You're missing two fingers. No, those are just rock and roll horns. Oh. Uh, that's, oh, I still have my fingers. You still have your fingers. I was just showing you that I'm a rocker, dude. Look at that. That's uh-huh. sign of the devil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the visual I'm doing the joke. Texas A&M. What, the Texas uh, Thank you for the, horns. the visual joke on the audio show. Thank you. Yeah. It's my, it's my hands going up and down. With my index finger, which JPP does not have on his hand anymore, and my pinky finger up, and my other two fingers being held by my thumb. So what I hear you saying is you're trolling JPP right now because he cannot make that. He probably cannot. Brent is holding his pinky up in the air. Hey, I need tea over here. I need tea. I'm holding my pinky. I'm a fancy tea drinker. (laughs) Jason Pierre-Paul. Look, I feel a little bit bad that we're making fun of this guy for losing his finger, but he's an idiot. I'm not. How much? I'm sorry. How much money does Jason Pierre Paul have? He also has a contract that he has not how signed. How old are you when they tell you not to mess around with firecrackers? I don't know. Six yeah, or three? <laughs> One. Yeah. 
When my kid's born, I'm just going to shout at them, no motorcycles, no firecrackers. You know what? I feel like this is a problem of society, okay? If we didn't give him so much money for playing a game that boys love to play. <laughs> really? Yeah. He wouldn't be able to afford M2000s that blow off your fingers. Well, how did C.J. Wilson afford it then? The player for the uh, with the Bengals. Mm. He, he had, lost two fingers. He pulled his money, and then they drew straws so you get to light the firework. Not to mention, you see the story of the guy who had tried to set a firework off his own head? Yeah. And he died. He died? <laughs> he died. Oh, He man. put the mortar platform on his head and said, I'm guessing a combination of uh, words that equaled, hey, guys, watch this. <laughs> Woo! Well, there you, goes his head. I mean... Did you not watch that one? I think I posted it on my Facebook. It was a thing of like people doing dumb things with fireworks, and these people weren't grievously injured. But it's just like it shows you there are a lot of people that do dumb things with fireworks. People that shoot fireworks at each other. Hey, I'm going to stand here with no shirt on, and you just shoot those like uh, Roman candles at my chest. Like, but if you're an NFL player, like you have a whole family, a whole like group to support. You've got a whole team of people, and Jason Pierre-Paul, like I said before, had not even signed a contract yet. He's got a franchise tender. He has refused to sign, so he is currently a free agent in theory. Mm-hmm. Not a good time to be blowing off your hand. So apparently money does not buy you Intel- common sense. Intelligence, I yeah. was going to say. Yeah. Uh, money can buy you a lot of things in this life. They can make you financially secure. They can give you stability. They can uh, make all your dreams come true. Can't make you a smart man when it comes to using fireworks. Now, here's my question for you. Does Jason Pierre-Paul ever set off his own fireworks again? Yes. Yes. Yes is the answer. Do we you know think what? he's going to learn like, anything well, from like, it? Uh, well, what are the odds it's going to happen again? I mean, there's less of me to hit. Well, it, it goes back to the combine. Jason Pierre-Paul was one of those guys that was just like, he's kind of a knucklehead. Mm-hmm. We should draft him. He's talented. He's got the size. He's got the moves. You're taking on like kind of a dummy. And then sure enough, X number of years down the road, he hasn't been in the league that long. Mm-mm. Boom. I don't even think he's 30. No. He's close to 30, maybe. I don't even know if he's close to 30. He might be like 28. I think he's like 26. Not even close to being 30. Yeah, nailed it. 26 years old. Good look, me. Yeah. Of course, I had to look it up. I was just guessing. <laughs> well, we both thought he was under 30. Yeah, definitely. But, but uh, twenty. here's the deal. How many 26-year-olds do you know that you would trust with anything? Well, here's at the all? deal, though. At least at 26, he has plenty of time to grow back a new finger. If crabs can do it, why can't we? That's right. Regeneration. Maybe, could you get like some kind of bionic finger? Ooh, maybe like the $6 million man. No, I mean, seriously, could you get some mm. kind of finger that would like replace it a little bit? I don't know. Here's the deal. Is that legal? Like, wouldn't you injure somebody with a big metal finger? I don't know. Why does he just get like a giant like spike put on it, like RoboCop? That reminds me of our, Take people of our, out. Of our uh, metal band that we started, Ray. Yeah. Metal Finger! Metal Finger, yeah. yeah. That was a good band. Our, our number one song... Our number one song. You remember what our number one song was? Of course. And that was, uh, set off the fireworks in your hand. Take it off and join our band. Metal Finger. Metal Finger. Now that I've heard the song from not me singing it, I realize why we weren't very successful. Well, we sold one album. Thanks, Mom. Yeah. Even my parents didn't buy one. Did not buy one. It was really depressing. They're into Perry Como. Well, who isn't? Catch a falling star and put it in your pocket. Johnny Mathis, you know. Chances are. <laughs> well, this segment's devolved horrifically. So let's go ahead and we'll talk a little bit about the uh, Home Run Derby. After three seconds of Johnny Mathis. Chances are, cause I wear a silly grin the moment you come into view. 
chances are if I really? wear a <laughs> Home Run Derby's here, everybody. <laughs> and if I wear a silly grin the moment you crawl into view, yeah. chances are I'm going to pick some good winners right here. All right. So um, the, the format's a little bit different this year it for the Home different. Run Derby. Interesting. I think I like it. They got eight eight dudes mm-hmm. as opposed to like, what, it was like 10 or 12 or whatever? It was, it was 10 or 12, lot. yeah. And so eight dudes, and they're going to go head-to-head round by round. So yeah, it's going to be like... like the, we're, it's like we're picking the NCAA tournament. When we always suck at that, so... Uh, speak for yourself, <laughs> sir. Who won the last NCAA tournament? <laughs> yeah, but we didn't pick the winner or anything. I picked three of the final four, four of the final four, and the final loser. Yeah, but counts. we didn't pick the winner. Uh, sir, I'll take that victory. I'm going to blame it on the... I've won this... Easily won this uh, home run challenge between us the last two years. Yes, you uh, have. I'm going to blame the stupid format change if I lose this year. <laughs> Here's the deal. Uh, this is one of those events that Brent continually dominates me in year after year. This is the third time us doing it. I'll tell you what my problem is with this year's format. It's not with the format itself. It's that I see the two guys that I think are most likely to win are going against each other in the first round. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Interesting, interesting. Well, here we go. So it's uh, one through eight. I'll run it down really quick. The one plays the eight, two plays the seven. If you don't understand how tournament format works at this point, I don't think I can help you. Yeah. <laughs> so the one seed is uh, Albert Pujols going up against Chris Bryant okay. of the uh, Cubs. The next matchup is the 4-5, Jock Peterson of the Dodgers and Manny Machado. Macho man Randy Machado from the Baltimore Oreos. We have Todd Frazier of the Fighting Reds and uh, Prince Fielder, former Tiger. For the Rangers is the seven. Todd Frazier is the two. And then Josh Donaldson's the three. And Ratso Rizzo is the uh, Anthony seat. Rizzo. Oh, Anthony Rizzo, my bad, of the uh, Chicagoland Cub division. Mm-hmm. And he is the six. So we're going to go back round by round. And the way this format's going to work for us personally, and you can play at home if you like. Well, that's probably going to be pretty hard because by the time you hear this, the home run derby will have already happened. But don't worry about that, everybody. <laughs> um, one point for the first round wins. Two point if you get a second round win. And if you pick the overall winner, you get three points. I think that seems fair, right? Sure. Done. So first matchup, Albert Pujols versus Chris Bryant. Who you got? I have Pujolio. I have taken Chris Bryant, mm-hmm. uh, the young up-and-comer. Albert Pujols is a fantastic player. Yeah. I feel like he's just going to, like, just show up. This is a token appearance. Okay. Uh, I don't think he's going to have that there. So good. One change already. Jock Peterson versus Manny Machado. Okay, your pick. Jock Peterson. And I have... Jock Peterson. Jock Peterson. Okay, so easy done right there. I don't really see Manny Machado as a big home run hitter. I don't either. Which obviously means he's going to win the whole thing, right? Probably. Guaranteed. Todd Frazier versus uh, Prince Fielder. I have the hometown boy. Of course you do. The Todd father. The Todd father. Todd Frazier. Uh, I've got uh, big Prince Fielder. Mm-hmm. i got to go with the former Tigers on and this. That's, and that's the matchup I think that whoever wins that is going to win the whole thing. Oh, so I think a spoiler alert, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, who you might have picked to win. Yeah. Uh, Josh Donaldson versus Ratso Rizzo. I got Donaldson. I got Donaldson as well. So then uh, uh, in the next round, so who do you have going into the uh, finals, basically? Pujols against Jock. Pujols versus Jock Peterson, yeah. I have the great Pujolio. See, and I've got Chris Bryant winning over Jock Peterson. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side, uh, I've got Josh Donaldson beating uh, Prince Fielder. And I got the Todd Father. Of course you do. Todd Father. So uh, do I even have to guess, then, who you have to winning the whole thing? I got the Todd yeah, Father. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I took Chris Bryant. Young blood. I think he's going out in the first round. I, I think, think he rookies wins. rookies go out in the first round. Uh, I'm, I mean, could be right. I got Chris. I'm going for the, I'm going for the hardcore go for it. Chris okay. Bryant versus Josh Donaldson with right. Chris Bryant pulling it down. Yeah. And so what are we betting on this? Um, well, if I win, something awesome. If you win, a hearty handshake. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> but a hearty handshake. Now, if you think that a hearty handshake is awesome, then we could just bet that for both ways. 
Yeah, I don't think so. You know, I just noticed. Yeah, what's that? I'm wearing my Royals World Series. Oh, congratulations, uh, yeah. 2014. And you're wearing, obviously, your Detroit. Oh, no, wait. You're wearing Los Angeles Dodgers gear. That's right. Hat and shirt. What about all that hubris about the uh, Detroit Tigers? Love some Detroit Tigers. uh, You know, I, I think what we should do is we should have uh, Jordan Monsell makes a new logo where you're just wearing Dodgers gear instead of uh, Detroit stuff. Uh, I don't think we need to bother Jordan with all that noise no, right I, there. I, I happened. Like, hold like, on, I just texted him. He'll do it. Oh, great, thank you. Yeah, I happened. I went to July Fourth, as we you know mentioned before. I went to the Dodger game. Uh, bought myself an uh, Yasiel Puig jersey T-shirt, and I had my hat on fair. And here's the deal: right now, I'm scared to death of my Tigers. Right now. <laughs> I'll keep it real 100%. Wow, if they this don't, is more real than you keep it when you and they, I are just talking. Yes. If they don't make some moves pronto, they're not going to make the playoffs this year, and I'm terrified because they're way too good, and the only answer is Brad Ausmus is a terrible manager, and the, the front office hasn't done anything to get them players in the bullpen. I will say this. Ausmus is not a good manager. Okay? He, he yeah, he's just not a good manager. Not, he's, t- he's, he's actively bad. Um. But I will also say that your starting pitching is horrible, except for David Price. Simon, Alfredo Simon would look great for a while, and now it's just stinking Alfredo up. Simon will give you a great five and two-thirds. Uh, Furlander, his, his velocity looks pretty good. But he's he, coming back. He has one, he's had one good game, so there's some potential there. But his one good game was the last game, uh, which lets you think, yeah. except for what they did against the Twins. Yeah. You know, here's the deal, because they win game one of this four-game series right before the All-Star break. Good job, good job, guys. They're up 6 nothing in the seventh inning, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, next thing I know, I stop watching or I stop paying attention, and you text me being like, Joaquin Soria. I'm like, no. There's no way. I look and I check. Eight to six twins. Uh, I saw a stat, and I don't remember. I'm, I'm, I'm not quoting it exactly, probably. I mean, part of it is. Is either the, next, the last two years or the last three years, they showed a stat that said, teams that took a five-run lead into the ninth inning are 1,057 and zero. Oh, boy. And? and now it's 1,057 and one. And one, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, if this bullpen needs help. They just brought up Nefitali Feliz. You like that guy, right? No, I do not. Great pitcher. He can be. Velocity. He can be. He's like Soria. Sometimes he's really honest. Sometimes he gets his butt handed, handed to him. him. No, it looks like the Tigers' I philosophy. Mean, obviously, he got dropped by somebody. Now, what about you guys picking up a guy like Jason Fraser, who the Royals dropped, has a 1.5 ERA. He's not an overpowering guy, but he's a professional. He gets out. Do we pick that guy up? I don't think anyone picked him up yet. Well, we should do that. You should. We need players. Yeah, I don't want to face him, but we don't then again, j- he doesn't throw 95 or We anything. don't need Jabba Chamberlain stinking up the place anymore. Oh, like, we, it's just like we bring in one, uh, uh, what do you call him, like from the fantasy draft when you're like looking for a spot pitcher for like one week and you get that best player available. You know We what? have a whole bullpen of best player availables from four years ago. You know what? Tom Gorzoliani. Here's the deal. <laughs> Come on. I think that Jabba, he got released. He learned his lesson. He re- remotivated him now. Time to pick him back up. He really thrives in a higher pressure. To put him in the closers role. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, why don't we pick up Jabba? We'll bad because he's a former Husker. We'll get back Jose Valverde, get, uh, Phil Coke, and what the heck? We'll sign Jack Morris. Final tour of duty. Yeah. Hall of Fame pitcher Jack Morris, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. Bring them all back. No, it's embarrassing right now. We're nine games down to what I consider not that good a Royals team. They're playing out of their minds, and it hasn't let up all year. It has to let up eventually, right? You're really selling them short. I mean, there's articles written online by national media saying, is this the best defensive team of all time? I mean, that's... Defense, whatever. Well, 
Obviously, Congratulations on your high war score. Defense, Whatever, doesn't well, matter. Well, defense that leads to being 18 games over 500 at the All-Star break, I yeah. think that means something. Here comes the collapse. You know what they say, defense doesn't travel. Well, it did, oh, they, that's it the opposite did during of the say. playoffs last year. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I, I say right I, now. I, you know what? I, I think we both need some pitching, both of our teams. I The Royals need a, a starter just to because their starters are not going enough innings right but now. The line we were talking about, we were talking about before we came on the air here, was the San Diego Padres go, like, hog crazy, like mm-hmm. Yankees, Florida Marlins style when they, win their, when they won the World Series before they dumped everybody. Just picking up every free agent physically possible, making moves, making trades. They had, like, eight of their nine, I believe, starting players were – people who were not on the team the year before, yeah. including you know, James Shields and Matt Kemp, and they traded for Craig Kimbrell right before the season started, and now all of a sudden that team is terrible. Like, what happened? That team was supposed to be good, at least at least decent. I know. I picked them for the wild card. I know. I think I did, too. Yikes. Yikes. Of course, I also picked uh, the Reds. Yikes. Eee. Both big sellers now. But on the plus side, I think we both picked the Boston Red Sox to, ooh, yikes. I picked them for a wild card. Uh, here's the deal. I want the Tigers to trade for Cole Hamels. That would be a good start. Uh, we, it would be a great start for both for the Tigers Although, and for my fantasy team. I'll tell you that it's not going to happen, and I'll tell you why. They already gave up their biggest prospects last year, and, and that's what Philly wants is big prospects. It's true. They're so, not going to accept nothing. Yeah. Um, how, how about this? You know, who has the best prospects right now is the Royals. Yeah, but they're not going to make any trades, are they? Oh, yeah. You think so? Yeah, they have to. I think we, we make a package deal. We get Cole Hamels and Ryan Howard. Ryan Howard just to replace. Till, um, Miguel Cabrera is going to be out for five more weeks. Yeah. We need somebody now in order to just fill that month hole. So you need We someone, can't sink any lower. So to replace a guy that hits 350, uh, you're going to get a guy that strikes out a lot. Okay. Well, yeah. you know, get a guy that strikes out a lot, sure. but at least we'll hit home runs from time to time. Sure. That's all we need, just some power. We're getting nothing out of that position right now. It's embarrassing. Or, you know, another guy I thought about, Adam Lind from Milwaukee, might Adam be available. Lind he might available. be a real good player, yeah, too. Yeah, that's a great – Because he'll hit at least 291 yeah. with a good number of home runs, too. Well, and, you know, with the Royals losing Alex Gordon at least for two months. Yeah, which eight is, weeks. Which is – Minimum. Which is almost into the playoffs, right? Yeah. If if he even comes back in his – playing well i mean I, I think he's out for the season i don't even think he comes back because you know he, he he doesn't come back till the playoffs and the royals don't make the playoffs so it's easy to <laughs> um but uh they you know i you know who i would like to get them to pick up right now who's also going to be a seller well it's the same team that has adam lind the milwaukee brewers have milwaukee brewers. gerardo para oh that's right yeah and you know how gerardo para how much the dodgers hated him because he was always just coming in and causing trouble and stealing runs and hitting home runs against him i also like his show on espn para the interruption wow did i just kill the show yep oh well then i guess we should move on to talk about uh, true detective wait what about the uh, what about the all-star game itself Meh. how you see that playing out i see one team winning which one it's got to be national league Give me National League. To me, National League. I think uh, some of the better players are over there right now. I don't know. I just I feel like the National League's due to get one, especially because the Royals are on a run right now. And uh, if our, our All Star team is full of Royals, they're not going to win anything. Okay. Defense doesn't win All Star games. Do, uh, okay. Let's do this. Okay. We'll do double or nothing. Double or nothing. You have Home to win derby. both of them. Okay. You have to win both of them, and you win something nice, uh, like a I don't know, like a what is it, like a shame bet online or, or a printed statement? We haven't done one of those in a while. Okay. Printed statement. I always win the printed statements. You know this. I know. You always win the statement. Well, I won it you once. Won, you win the jersey bets. I won it once, I win the, yeah, and you won it like three times. I did, yeah. Well, okay. something else you want to do? I no, mean, we'll do You know what? Printed statement. Or, or we have Dine LA coming up. You could Dine LA take, yeah, take you out to a nice oh, dinner. Oh, boy. I'm going to be out of town, though, soon. <laughs> when? 
uh, in like a week and a half, two weeks. Mm, for how long? Two weeks. Oh. Well, let's do that then. Then I want to take you out to dinner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, let's do the shame bet. All right, fine. So uh, we written got a statement written shame statement bet. shame bet. Yeah. I like it. Okay. And guaranteed that I'm going to lose. Yeah, we just guaranteed it, folks. Dang it. And we'll right back to talk a but little bit about it. you got to win both of them, right? Yeah, win yeah, both. Okay. okay. Split's a push. Cool. Ready to move on? Yeah. Okay. Oh, wait. What about True Detective? We'll oh, talk we're going to talk about that next? After three seconds of... Drake. what it's looking like July 4. I just wish they let you try it first. This time I'm really going on. Fireworks. So True Detective, the first thing we learn, episode three, is the cliffhanger. Colin Farrell, indeed, is not dead. He's dead. We got to move on without that character in the show. Oh, it he's It seems like he thought he was dead for a while because he was hanging out with his dad. It was just buckshot. It was just buckshot, everybody. Guess what? Ray was completely wrong. I thought they would have the stones to kill Colin Farrell two episodes in. I said I thought maybe it was some kind of lesser caliber, but I but I was still like, I still thought that would really hurt. <laughs> I guess it did. Well, he was out like all night long. Yeah. Basically knocked the bleep out. Um, but yeah, I I guess why kill the character with the most gravitas on your show? I mean, I guess Don't it, do that. It also makes sense, too. If you're going to shoot a guy point blank with that, then and you know it's not going to kill him, then you wouldn't shoot him. In, or if you're going to kill him, you just shoot him in the face, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, if you're just using buckshot, you're not trying to kill him. I'm just saying, though, that's why you're just shot trying him to in the scare stomach, because yeah. that would knock him out, probably. A chest would knock him out, yeah. yeah. Stomach. I mean, he double taps him, which I thought was a little bit strange. But it's, yeah, yeah, hit him in the yeah. face if you want to try to kill him. So obviously that was not the plan. He was just there to steal the videotape. I'm allergic to true detective. This happens. Ah. <laughs> steal the videotape or whatever it was and then get moving, which I don't even... I'm... I got. I can't. I can't lie. I'm super confused as to what's happening in the show. I feel like there's parts of it. I feel like I got a good handle on of what the people are trying to do and where they're trying to get. And but the other half of it, I just look at it I'm like I don't know too many characters, too much stuff going on. God well, bless there's it. Some really interesting stuff going on because you know she's trying to basically uh, uh, Annie, right? Rachel McAdams' character. Rachel McAdams is trying to uh, actually solve the case, and they're not sure where Colin Farrell, Ray, where Ray is, if he's really trying to solve the case. I'm, or I'm not. right here. Yeah, not you, Ray. And here's the deal: I couldn't solve the case because I don't understand right. what's happening. They were, they were, they think that Ray might not be really trying to solve the case. Which no, is, which is not entirely true. I mean, he is kind of helping Vince Vaughn, but he also keeps time. asking Rachel McAdams. Um, how much you got on me? How much right. dirt you got on me? What do you know about me? And it's just like, yeah, that's not what an innocent person keeps asking. But in episode three, there was a really interesting scene when, you know, she goes to his place and she sees, you know, we see a different side of Ray, you know, and he's got all these models built everywhere, like cars and stuff like that. I'm not going to lie. I kind of enjoyed that. Yeah. And she was like, oh, you like you, you like models? And he's like, well, I did it with my kid. And now I just... I just do, do it. Do it on my own. Do it yeah. by myself. Yeah. It was never for the kid, Rachel McAdams. It's really sad. You know, yeah. I mean, it, there's something about a guy who does models and uh, fantasy stuff and paint stuff. And How about uh, when Ray was in that weird, like, netherworld with his dad, that there was some dude, like an Elvis impersonator, singing yeah. The Rose? Yeah. Because <laughs> that's how the episode begins. Whoa. I'll say love. Korean Thank Elvis, you. are you here? Thank you very much. Here it is. <laughs> Not Elvis, Korean Elvis. <laughs> That's the one I'm going to go with. In the spring, that was, but, the this is what can oh, yeah. be a little bit frustrating with the show, though, is when they, when they take chances, it's amazing. And when they do set pieces, the set pieces are always amazing. And it just seems like in between all the really well-thought-out stuff, 
is a bunch of like muddy stuff that I just can't figure out. Like introducing too many characters and just like, and I like the show. Like I'm definitely on board. I'm enjoying it, but I it gets a little frustrating when I, there's a, two scenes in a row, three scenes in a row that happen with characters who I'm just sort of like, I don't. Who are you again? <laughs> Why do they care about you? Why are they at this office building? Why why is why are they at this club? Like I don't know. And that that's where I get a little bit confused. I'm dumb, Brent, is what I'm how trying to say. How about how the DA is trying to like they even told like uh Rachel McAdams, "Hey, sleep with this guy or make him think you're going to sleep with him if you have to." Yeah, what was that? Sexism in the workplace? Yeah. No, right? thank you. Just because he's got the uh, you know, ladies of the night coming by his mayor's mansion all the time. Well, I think there's so many components going on. We also find in that last episode that uh, Woodru- Woodrug, is that his name? Which one? Uh, Taylor Kitsch's character. Oh, oh, oh. Taylor Dunn Kitsch's Carter. character has has been sleeping with his dude from the from the army. From the army. In the past. And the dude wants like more, like he yeah. wants a real relationship, and that scares off John Carter. Yeah. Motorcycle cop John Carter. But then his wife is like, well, his girlfriend gets pregnant, and then all of a sudden his response is, I'm going to marry you right now. I just realized I love you right now. I just realized we have to get married. It has nothing to do with this baby, of course. I'm jumping ahead to to episode four. It is, but yeah. I'm kind of merging the two together in one thought. Yeah. Um, If it's Vaughn, we find out that he's like, well, he's not liquid right now. He needs money, so now he's going to go back to his old ways. Has that big meeting with all the heads of all the clubs. Who don't respect him. Who don't respect him. That big fat dude comes out. With a grill. Is he like Samoan or something? Yeah, something. Yeah, and comes out talking trash, and Vince Vaughn just like, okay, we got to fight now. I always hated these gold teeth. Pulls him out. Punches the guy repeatedly, yeah. beats him in a fist fight right mm-hmm. there in front of everybody and all his boys, and then grab, give me my pliers. Yep. I didn't want to have to do this, but you guys are making me do this. Ah. Yank, 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 yank. I loved, but you know what I loved? I mean, that was brutal, and then I loved the Vince Vaughn's character. The next time he meets with all the bosses, is like, I never lost a tooth. I never oh. even had a cavity. Never even had a cavity. And the guy's like, all right. You get whatever you want. <laughs> sure. Sounds good. Put those pliers away, sir. But also you got the sideline. Uh, it's just so many sort of Vince Vaughn also is trying to conceive a child with his like mm-hmm. super hot wife. Doesn't want to adopt. Doesn't want to adopt. Doesn't want to take care of someone else's problem. Somebody else's mistake. Absolutely. And uh, I don't know that I share that feeling, but I understand where he's coming from. At least that's something, I guess. I guess. I mean, it's just like maybe is that something you could think but not say out loud? <laughs> yes. No, I, I can understand. Oh, no, it's just him with his lady. So. I think it's also him like uh, being frustrated because they've said that he's the problem, not her. Correct. So, and you know, so you got the whole thing with him trying to like, they're trying to IU, uh, what is it, IVF? In vitro fertilization. Yeah, that's the one, IVF. Yeah, yeah. They're trying to do. So there's all these scenes with that too that don't really have anything. Like, that. maybe that's where I'm getting frustrated is because there's so much stuff that doesn't have anything to do with the main storyline, but well, it's treated with the equal amount of importance. But I think the, the point of that is all these things affect you in your workplace. Correct. You're trying to do these really, like, super, what you would say is you're super objective, and all these other things are also eating at you at the same time. You're also trying to do these other things, and they're all messing you up. You got to take care of your same business. Same way that Colin Farrell is like, oh, I'm really trying to work on this case, but now I got this lady taking my kid away from me at the same time, and I got this other guy, and then Taylor Kish is like, yeah, I'm trying to solve this case, but I got this other guy trying to get in a relationship with me. You know, it's like all yeah, the, yeah. they're being pulled in a million different ways. Yeah, and I and, and I guess. And that's how life is, though. Yeah, well, Rachel McAdams got the thing with her crazy cult uh, father mm-hmm. and her sister who's doing webcam who's videos. And then she's got the thing with Riley Smith going on, which, of yeah. course, you know, we, we talked to Riley last episode. We didn't know that Riley's character was going to file a sexual harassment I got, charge on her. I got so excited when, in the beginning of episode four, I watched it on Sunday night, 
and it said like previously on True Detective, and it was like two straight scenes with Riley, and I'm just like, oh crap, Riley's coming back. How awesome! And then they were just like, oh yeah, he he's not coming back. He just filed a sexual harassment lawsuit. Yeah, uh, against Rachel. Well, he maybe he's coming back. Well, we we might come back. I guarantee if he comes back, Rachel McAdams is going to hand his butt, butt to him. him. Oh yeah, she, assuredly. She does not take any guff. She does not take any gumption from any fellow. That's right. Because remember, because also Rachel McAdams, now there's a separate side story with Rachel McAdams that slept with her partner once when he was married, and yeah. he wanted a relationship because he felt like she owed him now. That dude is ugly. Weird, man. Why did she sleep with that dude? Oh, they were both hammered. That was true, though. She was talking to the, they were saying, oh, yeah, well, you're going to, you know, you're going to have, you're suspended, you're going to have to leave the, but wait, wait, this has never happened between any two partners before? She's like, no, but it's happened with you and everyone, so it was only a matter of time, uh, Rachel McAdams, maybe date outside the department. But, I mean, the guys outside the department don't look like Riley Smith. No, they don't. Put that out there. Um, but they are in Hollywood. How hard is it to find good-looking people? That's true. Well, we got two of us sitting right here, right? Hey, everybody. There's Why is that mirror broken? Literally. Hmm. Anyway. Not looking at you, Dino. Am I right? <laughs> well, he's on the other side of the glass yeah. for a reason. That's correct. Yeah. On set talent. On set. You know why you're behind the camera? Because you'll break one. <laughs> That's the meanest thing you ever. Know. How dare you? We love David Noel, our producer, ladies and gentlemen. Thankfully, you know. he doesn't listen this deep into the show. So, um, so what are we predicting going forward then? Because we're only at the halfway point. Oh, we didn't even talk about the big shootout. Next episode, everything's going to be crystal clear. <laughs> yeah. Here's the sad part. I think episode eight, everything will be resolved, but it'll be like. A million different things that get resolved, and I won't remember half of it. I'm really enjoying the season. And I'm, I'm digging it. I'm, because I, I, I liked the last season, but I did think that, like, in some ways, this season's is deeper because it has more characters. Yes. I don't know. I mean, it's just different. There's I guess. more going on. Yeah. It's, not, it's much more fast-paced, that's for sure. Yeah. Season one was pretty slow because it only had to follow two people around. You know, it followed them around through different time periods and whatnot. But also, I thought the ending of True Detective, the first season, was a little disappointing. Yeah, me too. The whole season was great, and then I didn't really like the ending. Well, it's because we wanted more. They gave us the ending that ev- we should have seen coming, but since we were all like over-involved with it mm-hmm. and over-analyzing it, we decided that couldn't possibly be the ending. Yeah. And so since we convinced ourselves that wasn't it, when they gave us the obvious ending that they had been leading to the entire season, we turned around and we go, oh, well, yeah. Yeah, and then at the end of the season, it's ending. just like, I've been a detective long before it was cool. <laughs> Long before they paid and me then to be he one. Just drives off in a Buick or whatever. <laughs> a Buick. How about the Buick ad campaign? I love that so much. Side note. I told you it was a Buick. Hi, our ad campaign is based around the fact that our cars label means terrible before. mean nothing. That people hate our cars. Hey, why not change the name of the car? Yeah. If your whole ad campaign is that can't be a Buick, it's good. <laughs> if that's your ad campaign and they're jamming it down our throats. I'm here in the Buick, right yeah. in front of you. Will you. Just even if you don't see the car. Wait, you look like a guy eating a burrito right now. You can see inside the car. You can see me waving at you from two feet away. Yes, I'm getting in the in the, in the the Buick. It's a guy with a burrito. No, that's Raul. Don't go. <laughs> Never seen again. I don't know why his name was Raul. Yeah. It's decided. <laughs> it's Raul Mondesi, senior. Right. Right. Um, any case... I think it's all going to get wrapped up. I, I We forgot to talk about the gunfight, though. Oh, that big action sequence, that. great set piece at the end of episode yeah. four. They go down to this uh, to try to corral this guy who's a pimp. Pimp. Walk into an ambush. Walk into like a second story, third story ambush with machine guns. They and have that, the higher ground. 
Thank you, uh, Liam Neeson as uh, <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, wait, that was Ewan McGregor. My bad. Yeah, there you go. Still, still, still works. Uh, yeah, you know how many higher ground like references I were just going through my head the entire time? That was it. Yeah. It was just one after another. Like Stevie Wonder, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Higher Ground. I would also go with the uh, Ain't No Ground High Enough. Yeah. yeah. How about the one the one white dude though, the 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 um the de- the detective cop guy who's kind of fat takes a bullet right in the oh, face. Oh, I love that. Right in the Nobody face. Nobody liked that guy. It was like the producers going, "Hey, I know everyone hates this guy. Here, here's one for you. Boom. He's that made it real, face. though. Like, without that moment, I don't think the uh, the entire scene has as much impact. Because while that character wasn't very important... Yeah, you're was, like, oh, people can really die in this. He was thing. memorable. Yeah, he, you knew who he was. So when he's just walking mid-sentence and takes a bullet to the schnozzle <laughs> and goes straight down, you're like, oh, poop, it's real. Run. Run for your life, Kyle Farrell. Yeah, part they're, of that dude's they're not head, messing around. Part of his head came off. Oh, like, my God. Yeah. It was so terrifying. But that was and why were the why were the bad guys like shooting all the bystanders and stuff? I just didn't. They just like who cares at this point? Well, they were also like you know we're going to shoot these guys. Maybe you'll stop shooting. No, no, no. You know what I mean? We're going to shoot these guys because then you're going to have to protect the. the, Oh, I see. Yeah, but that's not what happened. No, just same thing. Same same reason that like in a Superman movie they'll start attacking innocent people because they know Superman will have to try to defend the innocent people instead of aiming his. But what was with that guy at the end who took the hostage and has the gun to his head and he's just like, oh, I'm outnumbered. Oh, well. And then he blows the hostage away instead of just surrendering. Like, you know, you're going to get murdered as soon as you do that. Yeah. Bad call, Jim. Bad call. (laughs) I decided his name was Jim. It's almost like criminals aren't smart sometimes. Huh. That ambush was smart. Killed everybody but the three main characters. But but, but they, uh, they all died. Well, we don't know who got out. You know who got out? Big Pimpin. Yeah. The guy they were there to get. They didn't get him. Yeah. I don't think he was any of the people that got well, murdered. There's that scene in the, the episode three also when they're chasing that dude down through the homeless camps and all that very stuff. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, with the, the, Colin Farrell almost gets hit by that car and he has to save Rachel McAdams. Yeah. And then I did enjoy that his, his gut was still hurting from taking yeah. the buckshot because he, like, he gets halfway through the chase. He just kind of like keels over and he's like, I just, yeah. I just can't. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Go get him, Rachel. <laughs> But uh, so over under. On I r- have a gut feeling about what. Oh. No, 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 no. I have a gut feeling. <laughs> it it's hurts. Very, it's very painful. It really hurts. <laughs> Goodness. Over under on Riley Smith uh, appearances in the last four episodes. I think he's going to be in one more. I think he's going to be in one more. So we'll call it yeah. one and a half. Is okay. he back in two episodes or just one or? Well, I would say at one half, zero or one. Okay, I will say he's coming back. Okay, I think we Me get too. him back for one more. Yeah, I hope so. I want. I want more Riley Smith. Me too. Thank you. Anyway, <laughs> that was an awkward moment. Uh so cool. So uh, we're, we're looking forward to it. Like I know, I'm, there's a lot of like bashing of True Detective out there. Just this season, that can't be a Buick. <laughs> really? Did you like the Buick commercial in the middle of True Detective? Yes. What are they shooting up over there? The Buick. They're not shooting up a Buick. Just shoot the guy in the Buick. Which one? I don't see a Buick. That's what I, I, I told couple, him. That's what I told him. I see a couple nice cars over there. <laughs> no, he's in the Buick. The bus? No, the Buick. <laughs> I just see nice cars. I just see above average cars. I see a car that a middle class person would really like to own. I don't see any lemons that look like a doo doo. No Buicks. No, the above, the slightly above average cars. Those are the Buicks. Does it look like a Buick? <laughs> I just can't tell which one to shoot up. I told you. Anyway. Yeah, that was amazing. Enough free publicity for Buick. Yeah. Look for that sponsorship next week. I believe we've earned it. Guys, here's a word from Buick. Hi, I'm Ray, and I'm representing Buick today. And I'm Brent, 
Hey, where's that above-average-looking car? Our That's c- not a Buick. Our cars are definitely for you if you don't have enough money to get something really nice but don't want a piece of crap. I told you. Thank you. <laughs> Buick. Anyway, no, there's been some people that have been complaining about this season. I think it's the same people who overthought season one, right? Yeah. Who just already decided they knew what this season was supposed to be. This is a detective story. It's about flawed people who are detectives. That's what true detective is. It's not a metaphysical thing, but Matthew McConaughey kind of made I'm it sorry, into one. It's almost like, uh, oh, yeah, well, they're not as good as Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson. Okay, well, that's just like saying, oh, man, this movie's not as good as The Godfather. Yeah. Man, these guys are good, but they're not the Stones Man, good. Goodfellas is good, but it's not as good as The Godfather. Oh well, I throw guess it that away. Means it's terrible. Guess put this one in the dumpster. <laughs> no, it's just been great, guys. Like, yes, it's, it's a little different. bit. Con- there are things that I still have trouble with in the show. It is a little confusing. I love great. Vince Vaughn on this season too. I love Vince Vaughn in the season when he's like, when he's like. Well, here's the deal: when Vince Vaughn is having his moments, like the quiet moments. Mm-hmm. I think Riley uh, uh, was a little bit more correct when he said that's not when he's at his strongest. But when he's in the mob area and he's like talking down to people and he's doing that, that is that is Vince Vaughn. That is the area that he was signed on to do. I just loved love, it. I love Vince Vaughn because I like it. Usually, you see the guy that's out of something or that's in something trying to get out of it, yes. and that's the thing. You know, like no, he's the to guy. Out. He's trying to get back in, and that's not usually what we see. No, he, so that's very interesting. But to see he's that. already in trying to get back in. Yeah. Like, he's let some stuff go because he was so liquid, and now he's got to, like, pull all his reins back in again and tighten all the uh, tighten all the bootstraps. Yeah. A real American story. Yeah, and then he's that one guy's like, but you already, we're already paying this other guy. Yes. Vince? And he's like, okay, well, we'll just take 40% then. Yeah. <laughs> just 40%. Just 40%. Weekly. Weekly. <laughs> Surprise. Um, Ha-ha! Beautiful babies! Earmuffs! <laughs> he hasn't said that this season yet. I want to hear it. So we'll be right back. We're going to wrap up the show. It's enough True Detective after three seconds of ACDC. Because I'm TNT. I'm dynamite. TNT. And I will not fight. And that's going to do it for us, everybody. And I think we've clearly proved one thing. This episode 101, better than episode 100. Definitely had more Buick references in it. (laughs) Better than episode 100 of... Raisin Brent. Brent. And I'm Ray. And I'm Brent. And uh, there's a little bit of uh, ways you can uh, listen to the... God, I just screwed all that up royally. Guys, listen to the show. Now we're, we're now we've officially That's... gone to worse, and we're going to yeah, have to make it up. Make it up. Uh... With a good outtake. <laughs> yes. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening to us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. You know, you can always do us a favor. Go on there and give us a five-star review. Helps us out. Just do it. Do it. I mean, God, you got this far on the show. Why wouldn't Get you? Get in your Buick. And do it. Drive to the library, download iTunes on the library computer, and then give us a five-star review. I didn't think we could make it all the way to the library in my Buick. I told you! Oh, my goodness. And uh, we got some contact information we got to have right here. Uh, like you can hit me up at Twitter. I'm at Almighty Ray. I'm at Scoops Pope. And you can, of course, hit us up at, at Ray Brent Podcast. Email the show, Podcast at gmail.com or facebook.com slash Podcast. Why not hit us up at raybrentpodcast.com? A lot of people we want to thank this week got to thank Jeremy Buck and the Bang. The train wrecks. The train wrecks, of course, for the going to have to drag me out in chains. Going to thank Jordan Monsell. Monsell me some art. JordanMonsell.com or Silhouettes by Jordan on Facebook because uh, he made our logo and he's a great dude. Mm-hmm. Got to thank our producer, our intrepid producer. Sorry you couldn't make it to this side of the, the glass. The indefatigable, the undeniable leader of the Rat Pack, Dino! Well, David Knoll, nobody nobody calls him Dino. I do. I say this to you week after week. You're the only no. one. If you hear me calling him week after week, 
the more and more it becomes true, because I've called him that literally 50 times now. At least 50 times is correct. I want to thank Ned Yost. Why would you want to thank Ned Yost? For the greatest roster of any all-star game in history. Getting a shovel. Maybe need a dump truck. Get a shovel. Well, you better start uh, digging for the Tigers. That's what I think. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you, sir? <laughs> you say, did the Tigers have a chance to still make the playoffs? And I say, nine! As in, nine games back. Good night, everybody. You're gonna have to drag me out in chains. You're gonna have to drag me out in chains. You're gonna have to drag me out in chains. You always get what you wanted.